Hello and welcome to the Medical Humanities Podcast, the official podcast of BMJ's Medical Humanities Journal. We invite you to listen in and join the conversation from academic discussions happening in our journal to interviews with filmmakers and artists and global perspectives on health and medicine from around the world. Stay up to date with public discussions that matter to medicine and to the humanities because life happens at the intersections. Hello and welcome to this edition of uh, the podcast series at Medical Humanities Journal. This is Khaled Ali, the film and media correspondent at Medical Humanities. It's a great pleasure to have uh, here with me today Atom Egoyan, the acclaimed Canadian director, writer and producer, Academy Award nominee, companion of the Order of Canada, Governor General's Performing Arts Awards recipient 2015, plus several other accolades from Canada and internationally. It's great to have you here at the 41st edition of the Cairo International Film Festival. It's great to be here. I'd like first just to start with your personal connection to Cairo. I was uh, born in Cairo. My my parents were also born in Cairo. Uh, The family came here after uh, the Armenian genocide, so my grandparents were from Turkey. So there's this history of migration, and then uh, my parents made the decision to leave Egypt at a certain point, so I left when I was very, very young. But uh, I, my father was very obsessive about shooting home movies, so from a very young age I was watching these home movies of my life in Egypt. So when people ask me, do I remember uh, my childhood in Egypt, it's difficult to say because I remember watching these movies, uh, some of them uh, with incredibly traumatic events. Uh, I was put on the shoulders of a very large chimpanzee at the, at the Cairo Zoo. Yeah. And, and uh, I remember being terrified. Do I remember being terrified? I remember watching myself as a child looking terrified on the chimpanzee. It's, it's unclear. But from the very beginning, I guess this idea of uh, media and memory and uh, identity has always been woven into my experience. And it all started here in Cairo, in Egypt. Yes, yes. And were there fond memories, I hope, along with the well, traumatic I mean, ones? Uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, of course the fond memories are uh, being with my parents and grandparents who missed it. You know, like uh, they, they missed the lifestyle here, certainly, and they missed the temperament. Uh, and uh, they often did, you know, come back. And, 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 and fortunately, I've been able to come back a few times as well. And uh, it's uh, and of course it's wonderful to come back during a film festival because you're seeing the very best, the best of the of, world of, cinema. Yes, yeah. indeed, that's lovely. And you're here to screen and share with us guest of honor, yes. a film you made this year. So yeah. uh, tell us just a bit about the synopsis for those who haven't been lucky enough to watch sure. the film. And then I mean, talk about I the, mean the film is it's the relationship between a father and a daughter. Uh, the father is a food inspector. Uh, and he goes day to day these various restaurants uh, performing these inspections but they become almost therapeutic for him I mean there's something else that he's working out as he's trying to impose this code of health um, and you realize that uh, you know he's very troubled by his daughter who is in prison for a crime she may or may not have done uh, and we're trying to figure out the mystery of the daughter as he's trying to figure it out himself and the mystery of who this man was and how he's become this way. It's a very intimate film about these two characters. At the beginning of the film we see the daughter uh, meeting a priest uh, to arrange for the father's funeral and the priest needs to know about the father so he can have a eulogy 
and the daughter begins to tell this stranger her father's story. And so everything we see in, of the father, which seems very present, we understand is in the past because he's already died. And so the film uh, is really being told in this non-chronological way. Uh, we're seeing these four different time periods, uh, the conversation with the priest, the father while he's alive, um, the, the daughter as she's on a band trip with her students because she's a music instructor, and then the father and the daughter uh, when the father's visiting the daughter in jail. It sounds more confusing than it is. It's actually, as you're watching the film, I think it flows quite evenly, but I'm trying to use this type of language to access these people's uh, very complicated sense of their own history. They both have very different versions or remember different ways of remembering events, uh, how events, they unfolded, yeah. right, how yeah. they unfolded and how they affected them. And I think, you know, the film is dealing with a, a story that happened when the girl was 10 years old and the father could not have explained to his daughter what was happening at that time. It would have not been possible. It would have been uh, breaking a, a code, parental code. But now that he can explain it to her, she wouldn't trust him, right? So they're, they're in this strange trap, in a way. Yeah. I ref I'd like to refer to your um, preferred use. You're very fond of using the non-linear narrative yeah, approach yeah. in several other films. And I know that uh, it, it can be demanding, it can be challenging to the audience, but ultimately it's thought-provocative and, and satisfying and rewarding to the audience. I watched yeah. the film, and yes, at the beginning it doesn't make sense, but then as yeah. the story evolves and as we know more about these characters, things fit into place. So th that particular, I understand why you use that uh, approach on a regular basis. I, I'm, I'm aware that you, you're fond of uh, Ingmar Bergman's yeah, persona yeah. in particular, yeah, that's yeah, a film yeah, that influenced yeah, you. Yeah. And Bergman, uh, when he was repeatedly asked to interpret, to analyze the film for audience, he said he would rather uh, that the audience should find their own conclusions and his films to be felt rather than understood. Do you share some of those? Absolutely. I think uh, Bergman for me is one of my heroes and I do think that uh, you know the reason we do these films uh, is to tell emotional stories of human beings, is to impart the complexity of the human experience uh, but also to show that there is uh, an approach where there's healing that's possible. Healing through understanding the nature of narrative, personal narrative. Uh, seeing patterns, being able to reflect on those. And the viewer is able to, in some ways, participate in this therapeutic process, I suppose. But it's a controlled environment, if you will. You know, it's a controlled environment. Yeah. And it's open to interpretation. Absolutely. But the storytelling, the film Guest of Honor starts with the daughter telling the story, her own version of the story. Right, right. And through this interaction with the priest, she comes to realize certain crucial points in, in the history and through that comes therapy and in medicine uh, medical students and doctors do the same they, they try to get the story of the patient and through that they work out yeah, yeah. where the problem and the healing process yeah, yes. comes come through um, several themes I can't obviously you know encapsulate them all in a short interview but uh, um, trauma uh, guilt and relationships, uh, either at a personal level, as we've seen in Guest of Honor, uh, at a community level, the sweet uh, hereafter in 1997, or at a nation level in Ararat 2002. So tell us about your fascination with those particular themes, uh, trauma, guilt, redemption. Well, I think that uh, trauma is something that reverberates through generations. I think that I, I really have always felt like with Ararat, the, the main um, 
it wasn't really to tell the story of the Armenian genocide of 1915, but to show how the trauma of this reverberates through the generation of the children, the grandchildren, even the great-grandchildren. And in the case of uh, the Armenian genocide, because uh, there's been a, a process of denial on the part of the perpetrator, uh, that experience of denial, uh, and which also brings shame or uh, confusion, also uh, kind of contorts and begins to affect the personality in unexpected ways. So uh, uh, I was trying to show, um, you know, all of these ideas of how um, how experience especially traumatic experience, uh, is transmitted to other generations um, and the effect of that. So you're seeing it in Exotica, certainly uh, Sweet Hereafter, certainly in this new film as well. Uh, so, uh, and it's really about, you know, sh there's a question of shame. When something happens often that people have been hurt by, uh, they feel ashamed that they were so humiliated or that they were so vulnerable. Uh, there is a, a fear of sharing that, even with the people that we're closest to, uh, that we have to be strong, that we have to feel that we are in control. So I think the untold story in Guest of Honor, uh, as we begin to understand uh, how the father has lost uh, his wife, who is uh, the daughter's the mother, obviously, that, that this must have been a period of great shock and, uh, and, and confusion. Um, and it had an immense effect on the way the relationship between the father and the daughter develops later on. But the viewer has to kind of, maybe the viewer is almost traumatized by the experience of watching the film as well, because they are put in shock. They are put in a place where, they, where the sequence of events are displaced. So it creates this almost form of uh, trauma on the part of the viewer because the story is not being told in, the, in, in, in a consequential way. But then we have to kind of uh, heal that as we have over the course of the film. Over an hour and a half, we, we, we put these pieces together and we come to terms with it. And, and that's, the, that's what I felt the rewarding aspect of the film when it's all, and maybe not all, but certain elements of the film, what, what were the motivations of the characters, yeah. what drove them to act like what they did in certain points in time when the grief and the loss and impending death and so forth. But again, another part of it is communication or the lack of communication yeah. because if the father had told his daughter what was going on at the time, he was perhaps protective and defensive of his daughter and then that led to yes. certain and, processes. And in that way that's the tragedy of the film because we understand that he could not have told that to the daughter at the time. It would have been inappropriate, right? Uh, I mean, without giving the film too much away, yeah. uh, you know, the daughter had a very cherished uh, music instructor yeah. uh, that she adored and the father was having an affair with this woman while the mother was dying but unbeknownst to the daughter, the, the, the mother had given permission Right, yeah. uh, but but there was no way that this could have been explained. I've just given away the story, but, but we're having such an interesting conversation. Yeah. But there's no way that the father could have explained that to the daughter at the at time. At the time, no. And now that he can, uh, since the two women are no longer present, there's no one to actually blame or or, 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 or actually substantiate his version of the story. Right. So I was trying to find this story where where everyone is trying their best uh, to. But still, this emotional. Uh, trauma and, yeah. and burden that is carried over the years yeah. still lingers with, with, with the older yeah. characters. And, and distorts them, it distorts the, their behavior. Another interesting scene, maybe was, uh, I saw it in Chloe, the manipulation, yeah. the, the, the manipulating others, other people's lives, uh, stories. Uh, so, so tell us a bit about that 
and dark element of the human nature? Well, I think human beings uh, all want to uh, assert their own needs, and it's it's really a problem, you know, to break out of that uh, that sense that we control our own universe. To really understand the nature of empathy and to understand that there are other people who have. Uh, different ways of seeing the world. You know, very often we're taught to treat other people as you would want yourself to be treated, yeah. not understanding that many people do not want to be treated the way you want to be treated. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, like, like you know, there's yeah. it's sort of a presumption to think that other people want to be treated the way you do. Uh, but to really understand how someone else wants to be treated and to be able to extend yourself on those on those terms is actually a very tall order. So, so you're deconstructing them. <laughs> on the, the, uh, themes that you put them eloquently empathy that doctors are, and, and medical students and trainees are, are asked or supported or um, uh, asked to always to empathize with yeah. with the patient or with the patient's family and i can sense that there is uh, it's a complicated relationship between any two people whether there's a healing or, or a professional relationship as a doctor but it also has to yeah. do with time as well how much time do you have to Absolutely. actually uh, yeah. extend yourself that to encounter, someone else? and yeah. that, and, that, and yeah. this fear that once you actually yes. allow that uh, empathy then it's going to consume all your time Correct. And, and yeah. so how do you regulate that? And, and I suppose as a doctor, you're constantly in that situation where you have to set parameters, yes. right? Most of your films are, are, are not all are very personal. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm trying to uh, communicate these very personal stories and experiences, and I have the privilege of being able to do that and to travel with them. So these types of conversations mean the world to me. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Hatsum. And well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in, in Egypt, and we look forward to your Thank new you. film. Thank, Thank you very you so much. much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Medical Humanities Podcast. Stay in touch by reading the journal or our blog online. Just follow the links in the episode description. We're also on Twitter at medhams underscore BMJ or find us on Facebook. Facebook.